Welcome back to the Higher Ground Society podcast. Let's tune back in to my National Poetry Month conversation with Birmingham-based poet Ashley M. Jones. You do a lot of stuff. Yes. <laughs> we probably touched on a lot of them. Um, and I said that I was going to list them all, but I'm unprepared. So we're just... Mm. <laughs> we're just I, can, I always have to... Uh, let me pull up my website, sure. which again sounds very pretentious, but I literally... I need backup. You know, my mind is not what it used to be. Yeah, yeah. So I know um, like you're, you're, you're talking... The Converse University is new, right? That's a new thing. Yeah. But you're also teaching at UAB. Um, you're also doing the Magic City Poetry Festival, which is in full swing now that we're in National Poetry Month, uh, which is a nonprofit mm-hmm. organization that literally has programming throughout the year, not just in April, but throughout the year, connecting folks with um, the, the the poetic word. Um, incredible stuff there. Um, and a magazine so- editor... <laughs> Like, yeah, so I had to, I pulled it up just so I don't mess anything up. Um, but currently what I'm doing, I'll start with my my job job and move out. So as I said before, I'm a full-time creative writing teacher at the Alabama School of Fine Arts in Birmingham, Alabama, um, which is a public um, arts high school. So anyone who is listening, if you have a student or a child who's um, going into seventh through 12th grade, check out our website and apply. Um, you have to give the plug <laughs> because yeah, sure. our school is, it's, it's a great school. Um, anyway, so I do that. I am going to start teaching in the low residency MFA program at Converse College this summer. So again, if you're looking for an MFA program um, in creative writing where you don't have to leave your whole life, you just go for um, nine days, um, twice a year. That's a great option. It's in South Carolina, Spartanburg, South Carolina, the hub city. Um, It's a great place to learn. Mm -hmm. I also direct, as Gerald said, the Magic City Poetry Festival, which is a nonprofit organization whose mission is to deliver free, always free poetry programming to the greater Birmingham community and beyond. Now that we have Zoom, we can, you know, go beyond our borders Um, and we are in our festival right now. So if you want to watch some of the events that have already happened, we do have those recordings up on our YouTube page and they will shortly be up on our website. I also co-direct the Birmingham chapter of PIN America, mm-hmm. um, which is really exciting. Um, we work directly with PIN, whose mission, of course, is to protect free expression. Um, we do literary programs um, and that chapter is the primary sponsor of the poetry festival. Um, so if you're looking to join Penn, Penn has done a lot of amazing things over the many decades of its existence, um, protecting free speech for every kind of writer. Um, they've also helped uh, the Penn international organization has helped to free people from jail. Um, mm. journalists who were jailed in, in uh, various countries. Um, so I do that. And what else? Oh, and right now, I'm serving as the first guest editor of Poetry Magazine. It's a new position um, that will rotate 
throughout the next year. And my issues are the May, June, and July, August issues. Very nice. That's very, very soon. So um, folks, please be out on, look on the lookout for those. And um, so why, why do, uh, why, why invest so much of your time into the literary arts scene? Um, what do you get out of doing this? Hmm. Uh, well, I certainly get um, not a lot of free time. That is one thing that I get. <laughs> um, no, I have always, um, I guess, believed that you have to work hard at things and put something in to whatever it is that you want to do. Um, of course, thinking about my career that began at the age of seven, that was a lot of hard work. I had to pour myself into it and it wasn't always easy. And I didn't always get something out of it. Um, there were many years where um, I would say my whole high school, all six years of high school, which by the way, seventh through 12th grade, six years for that reason. Um, some people get a little, you know, interesting <laughs> with that uh, number, but um, I didn't feel like I was a good writer at all. I was just learning, you know, I was trying mm-hmm. to learn um, and that was hard um, to do. Um, so the same applies with what I'm doing now. You know, I, I definitely didn't always know that I would be pouring into Alabama in this way. Um, as a Southerner, I think all of us have a love-hate relationship and that usually starts out as a hate-hate relationship sure. and <laughs> develops into love. Um, but when I left for grad school, it was the first time I lived anywhere other than Alabama. And mm. I was just so struck by how much I missed Alabama Mm -hmm. and all the wonderful things that did exist there. And then I also like thought about possibilities, Mm -hmm. seeing the art scene in Miami and um, the poetry scene in Miami and how just incredible it was and how it impacted the community at all levels. I thought, well, we've got people, you know, who can write, why aren't we doing that? And not to say that there wasn't anything happening. I definitely want to give honor to those poets who have been working in Alabama and in Birmingham for a very long time. Um, but there definitely was a silo effect happening mm. in Birmingham and in Alabama as a whole, I would say, we're really still working on that. Sure. Um, so when I knew I was going to come back, I said, well, I've got to do this. You know, I've got to make something happen like this in my city um, and in my state. And of course, I, I am someone who obviously plans for the long term. Again, I was seven when I decided what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I've always known that I wanted to uh, you know, teach, write. I wanted to direct an arts nonprofit, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be poet laureate of the U.S. and of Alabama. Oh, okay. So, with these goals in mind, I was like, "Well, I'm going to have to really serve the community if I want to do all these things." You know, um, and service is really something that's um, foremost in my mind all the time. Um, one of my my other play cousin, um, Ray McManus, was the poet Ray McManus, whose books you should check out. Um, yeah. He uh, was telling me over the phone a few weeks ago, he was like, uh, I think he asked me like, why do you, no, I said, I don't know why I'm doing all this stuff. Cause I was talking about the latest job I had added to my, um, <laughs> you know, my very empty schedule. And he said, well, it's because you have Jesus in your heart and you just want to serve. And I had never thought about it that way. Yeah. And I thought, well, I guess I do have the, the spirit of service has always been something I've seen my parents do. Sure. Um, seen my family members do serving their family or serving their community in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said before, with, with giving that always comes back to you. That's good for your heart. It's good for your spirit. You're of course not looking for it to come back in any sort of way. That's not why you do it, but you are 
taken care of because you're taking care of others, if that makes any sense. So I knew that I wanted to feel that sense of community in my city and in my state. And again, not to say that there's not stuff going on. There are many organizations that have been around for a long time, but I wanted there to feel, I wanted there to be something that made people feel like they could walk into it. You know, like sometimes when there's organizations that have existed for say like a hundred years, you don't always feel like you're welcome there because it's established and like, that's the group. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, and I think we know how to do that very well in Alabama. We're very good at, this is our club. Mm -hmm. Y'all can't come in here, (laughs) you know? Um, And so when I came back, I was like, okay, how can I plug in? I just want to be around poets. I want to make things happen. And so that's what I've been doing. I really love seeing people find each other um, at festivals and other events that I've done. Literally just watching people like meet or somebody sitting in an audience hearing somebody else's poetry. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like that's what I love. Because there is a spirit. I believe there is God in art. Absolutely. I really do. And because I am someone who loves my particular God, of course, I don't believe that there's like one size fits all for anything. But for me, this is all a part of my spiritual purpose is creating these spaces where people can find, you know, that joy, that community, they can be heard. Also people's voices are so important. If all of us had the opportunity to just speak, everything would be so much better. You know, there's so many horrible things that happen. Now I'm not saying that all these like murderers or whatever just needed to write a poem. Maybe they do, but (laughs) most people, you know, they, um, you know, just need to feel like their voice matters or they need to feel like they can explore their thoughts without being judged Mm -hmm. um, or they just need a release. And that's what I'm getting out of it is seeing that happen, seeing community happen, seeing people feel possible. Mm -hmm. That's so huge for me. Um, Seeing someone, maybe see somebody else doing something awesome. And then they say to themselves, well, I can do that too. She's from Alabama. Yeah. She can do that. You know, that's why I'm at Poetry Magazine right now. I mean, the job is hard. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, yeah. it's a very hard job and a very scary place to be um, because of its status in our community, both in good and bad ways. Um, but I'm there because, for one, I want to be able to just open the door up for people to come in. But also, I want my students or even people who aren't my students to see that I'm someone who's claiming Alabama, who's claiming Birmingham, who's very like, I was about to say openly black, which maybe you know what I mean by that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, doing that thing, reaching this, you know, so-called high you know, point in, in a literary world, I'm doing that with kindness and I'm doing it with humility and they can also do that thing. Like that mm-hmm. is crucial. Um, for people to to see themselves being made possible. So anyway, a long answer. That's why I'm doing everything that I'm doing. Um, It's because I really believe in what our community can be. Um, And I think we just need more of those open spaces, more kind spaces in the world um, so people can live, you know, instead of just survive. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I love that. That's great. Um, Cause I feel like I say the same thing. Oftentimes one of the things that you opened up with, as you said, uh, the possibilities or the potential within the state. And mm-hmm. I, I, 
I've been saying that. I know at least for the last three or four years, I have seen a lot of the stuff, the untapped potential in the state. Mm -hmm. We see there's a lot of potential that's on display, but there's so much more in Alabama that we can, you know, um, nourish and nurture to where it just really takes off and we are all the better for it, you know? So um, I, I appreciate you and your dedication to being a part of that process it's um because it, it is very hard work especially because i mean it's not like stem right <laughs> it's, it's, it's the art and like people don't right. readily you know see the value in it um right at least you know like funders and that sort of thing so i mean i, I, don't, I don't know mm. i don't, don't want to go down that down say that one more time my goodness <laughs> but it, it is uh, and so things are hard but we we do make things happen um through the arts and uh, we're all the better for it so um thank you for sharing that um let's talk about one of your other poems okay the second selection so again the process or the 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 setup of the show is that i pick a a creative's piece of work and that they pick a piece of work they would like to share and uh, we talked about those things. Ashley selected Manifest Destiny, which you heard earlier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I have chosen a poem from Ashley's first collection of poetry, which is called Magic City Gospel, published in mm-hmm. 2017 uh, by Hub City Press. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> just before we recorded, I told her which poem I wanted to do. And she was like, that's an interesting choice. And you're going to tell mm-hmm. us why it's an interesting choice after um but ashley would you please share with us eating red dirt in greensboro alabama absolutely eating red dirt in greensboro alabama I ate red dirt for the first time with Aunt Hattie, big brown blind angel who listened to local crimes on her police scanner. Its monotone lullaby crooned all through the night, piercing, faithful. When she heard it was my first time, she sent us to the hill. We scraped it off tried to ignore the ants and the strange, dull, sour scent. Stealing dirt, a local crime, only punished by whatever was hiding inside our Ziploc bags. A pill bug, a ladybug's broken shell. Back from the hunt, for the first time, I realized how cityfied I really was, scared of something so full of local germs. But was it a crime to fear eating dirt? Finally, my Southern pride made me put it to my lips, resist the acidic pull of bile in my throat. And for the first time, I felt like a local swallowing this bittersweet crime. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you have to explain why you said it was a, a, an interesting choice. 
Well, I just, people don't, people don't always choose that one when they're looking for poems from that book. Mm -hmm. A lot of people focus on the civil rights movement pieces um, from that book. Like those are like the greatest hits, I guess. And so it's just rare that somebody will pull out eating red dirt. Um, And I sort of felt like maybe because I know you that it was probably pulled out with a really like good reason instead of like, ha ha, you ate dirt. Um, you know, like some people have done yeah, in the past. Um, so that's why I said it. It's just a, a choice that people don't always make when they ask me to read from that book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe this will come out when you're, when you're explaining where this poem came from. But for me personally, mm-hmm. it stood out to me for, first of all, I feel like your aunt Hattie and I are friends. <laughs> she shows up later in the, in the collection too, in another piece. Yeah. Um, and by the same time I read, I was like, okay, well, this, this woman is, is great. Like, <laughs> I feel like I mm-hmm. need to know her. So there's that. That's one of, one of the reasons I chose this poem. But also, too, uh, it's, <laughs> I, I think I'm familiar with the idea of eating red dirt. So why did you eat the dirt? So explain that. <laughs> Just outside the sure. context of the poem. <laughs> <laughs> so... As I said earlier, I was a rather proper sort of child and I was mystified in the most like, you know, I honor these people sort of way, not like, ooh, what weird, you know, Southerners there are. But I was really mystified by um, my Aunt Hattie. Mm -hmm. For one, as a young person, um, knowing someone who was blind, well, she was partially blind, which I didn't learn until after her death. because I was really like, wow, she's blind, but she can still like see who we are. And as a kid now, yeah. I was really little. And I was like, oh my gosh, she knows it's me. Like, how does she know? Cause little, you know, girl Ashley was like, well, she can't see me. Like, how does she, you know? Um, so I was very just like, wow, she's amazing. And um, I remember so many things about her and I didn't really know her very well. Cause I was a kid, you know, like kids mm-hmm. are afraid of older people um, just generally. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you just said that just so offhanded, but it's there's a truth to it. Absolutely. It's true. Everybody yeah. was afraid of like their grandma, their great grandma, whoever was in the old person chair. <laughs> you were afraid. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and so Aunt Hattie had this really just like special personality. Again, even as a child, I could tell that she had something, something spicy to her. Mm-hmm. You know, she was always joking and she watched her soap operas real close up to the TV. Oh, wow. Um, she had her police scanner on. Um, she and my grandma used to let that police scanner run. And I had no idea why as a kid. I'm like, why is this robotic voice going through? Like, why do we need to know what's going on with the police? Yeah. Like, And they would always have it running for Birmingham, not for Greensboro where they lived, hmm. which I now in this moment am realizing they were that was a way of watching over us. Oh, people wow. who lived in Birmingham. Yeah. Because my grandma always asked us how everything everything was and expressed how afraid she was because she watched the news every night. She's like, oh, they're always shooting in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Hope y'all are in a safe neighborhood, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, anyway, so I, I loved these women um, more than I realized at the time as a little kid. And, um, you know, my Aunt Hattie, like I said, was really this is a cool lady. You know, like she was I remember very vaguely that she was a ringleader of spades playing. Um yeah. In the other room, like we couldn't be in the room as children when they played spades, um, which was just like so cool to me. I was like, oh, my gosh, you're like playing cards and we can't even see it. That's how like, you know, that's how intense it is. Um, 
But anyway, so she used to eat this red dirt. And that I had never seen anything like that in my life. I was like, what? Like you can eat dirt off the ground? Like, you know, because <laughs> my mom is a germaphobe. So we didn't, I mean, the floor is it's ruined. It's trash once it touches the floor. Like you can't <laughs> you can't pick it back up. And then talking about outside too, like no, not the ground outside. Like that's no. <laughs> um so I see her eating this dirt and I'm like, wow, like this is like amazing. She's eating it. She's not getting sick from it. You know, mm-hmm. like, what does it do? What is it? You know, and I'm also a very, I guess, adventurous person. I'm an introvert, but I'm the most extroverted of my family, um, which won't make sense unless you actually know me. Um, Cause I'm not that extroverted. I don't think, but <laughs> comparatively I am. And I'm always like ready to try things. You know, as a kid, I always ate everything my mom gave me, any vegetable. I was like, yeah, let's go for it. Mm. You know, um, which has paid off well because I love vegetables, except okra. I know that's blasphemy, but I can't. It is. I, it is. I used to eat it just because I didn't want to look like a punk. You know, I would just eat it and like hate myself <laughs> the whole time. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. So one day she was um, like bagging up some dirt and in my mind's eye, she like would give it away to people, maybe at church or whatever. I don't know. Um, But I'm not exactly sure. It was almost like I've never been around people bagging up, you know, substances of any kind, Uh, but (laughs) (laughs) it had that feeling to it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is like contraband dirt, you know? Yeah. And she she like knew where to get it from. Cause I think I asked my mom one time, I'm like, oh, can you just like walk down the street and get it? She's like, no, you have to like know, you know, which place to get it from. And you can't just eat any dirt because you might die. Like, you yeah, know. Seriously. Um, so one Saturday, because we used to go down there like every Saturday when I was a kid, um, she was, you know, doing her dirt, eating it, and she was like, Oh, yeah, I want to try some. And of course, nobody else wanted to. None of the other kids wanted to do it. They were like, Oh, it's dirt. And I was like, I'm going to try. So I tried. And uh, yeah, I mean, I never ate it again. Let me say that. (laughs) But I did try it. And it was an interesting experience. And I feel connected to her still because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that one of the reasons I I, thank you for sharing that. Um, One of the reasons I chose this poem, because it's a very Black (laughs) experience. Mm -hmm. It's a very Southern experience. And for those, I I did prepare a little bit for this. Dirt eating is not uncommon. Like, people do this. It's not just, mm-hmm. uh, actually, it's not Hattie. It's literally a um, a thing that people do uh, primarily for, from my understanding, it's for, like, nutrients. It's, like, one of those, like, down-home remedy type things. It's, like, you know, to help with your immunity system and that sort of thing. It's not, mm-hmm. like, people are If you're just, anemic also, women, yeah. if they're anemic, if you're pregnant... Yeah, it's, it's not. For it's not just eating dirt just for the heck of it. There, there are things in the ground that are healthy for you. That's why things mm-hmm. come out of the ground mm-hmm. that are healthy for you. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so I, the fact that you captured this uh, in a beautiful poem, I also saw visually. I saw this poem very vividly, um, having grown up not on a dirt road myself, but like, well, and my dad's church was on a dirt road. So like I, I've been to these places. And so reading this, it was I was transported immediately. That's why the poem stuck out to me. It, it felt very familiar. It also feels a lot um, like a, a self-declaration about identity to you and like coming to know yourself. And so that's one of the things I want to pick out with this is um, it's like, again, the poem is very Southern. It's very Black. So 
<laughs> this is kind of a pivot, but this is what I got out of the poem. Um, you had to write this because I'm imagining you felt the same way. Like you felt very black. <laughs> you felt very Southern when you wrote this, but mm-hmm. like trans, like fast forwarding to today, what is it like for you to be a black woman living in the South? Mm-hmm. Which is a very loaded question, but like, how does it feel to be like um, doing this work in the South as a black woman? Let's leave it mm-hmm. there. Well, um, you're right that I did feel very black and Southern writing this poem. Um, I wrote it while I was still in Miami. Um, we had an assignment to write a villanelle. That's the form that it's in. And with villanelles, you have to sort of be obsessed with the thing that you're writing about because you have to repeat the lines over and over. Mm-hmm. And so I was really trying to write myself back to Alabama and back to this just all-encompassing Southernness and Blackness. Um, and so to answer your question, how does it feel? It feels good. I mean, first Mm. of all, you know, there's a lot of people who, um, when I was on tour, um, with these two books, sometimes people would ask me, are you okay? Once they learned that I was still living in Alabama (laughs) and I was always like, Like, what do you mean, though? Like, what is that? I don't understand the question. Wow. Am I okay? Like, are you okay? What do you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but what they were implying, of course, is that the South is somehow more dangerous and mm. um, more limiting for anyone, but especially for somebody like me, who's mm-hmm. a Black woman. But I don't feel that. Um, you know, of course, I felt that as a young person, because we're basically raised to hate ourselves and our state. Um that's just basically what we're taught. You know, you're the South, the South is bad. You know, the South has nothing. Mm-hmm. The South will never be anything. You got to get out of here. You got to go to New York. You got to mm-hmm. go to LA, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is just not true. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so I feel now that I'm back and, you know, working in the community and seeing all these people who have such, just so much life, um, you know, to give and so much talent and so much heart. I feel very good, you know, being in the South. I feel limitless, honestly, wow. um, which is unusual probably for most people because it's not like we're in some, you know, great liberal space here. We're definitely not. Like, <laughs> it's wild down here still. Like, you know, there's a lot going on um, yeah. that should not be going on. But what I realized, and this is maybe what made me feel more free, is that everywhere in our country is like that. Mm. There's actually nowhere you can go as a black person and as many other marginalized identities. There's nowhere you can go where all of that is somehow erased. Sure. You know, even if you go all the way up to Portland, Oregon, which they love to say that they're so you know progressive, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they were, you know, one of the largest, like, um, how do I say, like origin points for the KKK. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't allow black people into their state until like 1868, I want to say. Wait, you couldn't what do you be, mean? They didn't. You couldn't be black and live in Oregon, period. Oh. So instead of a sundown town, it was like a sundown state. It was a sun up and a sundown state. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't be there in the morning, the midday. Oh my gosh. The midnight hour at all. be black. <laughs> Yowls. Okay. Okay. When you go there now, like I went there for an AWP conference a few years ago Mm -hmm. and it was wild. Like I have never (laughs) felt so alienated 
And they had like the neighborhood we were staying in, uh, we had an Airbnb, me and some um, poet friends of mine. And we were walking around like trying to find some food. And in every single yard, every single yard, there was a yard sign that said Black Lives Matter, science is real. Uh, trans rights are human rights. Mm-hmm. Y'all know these signs. Mm-hmm. And of course, I agree with all those statements. Like, I believe those things. But the fact that there were so many signs in the yard, that was my first, like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't know about it. Why are y'all like, what is the quote? I think the Lady Dost protests too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> from yeah. a good William Shakespeare. Uh, I think that's William Shakespeare. Oh. Um, but I was like, okay, strange. We walk around, we're seeing no people of color, mm. period. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not a lot of them up there, at mm-hmm. least not that we see in that particular area. And um, we ended up going to an Indian restaurant. We were like, oh, okay, cool. We're probably going to see some people. Lo and behold, the Indian restaurant was run by white people. Oh, wow. We were like, wait, <laughs> like, where are we? All that to say, anyone who believes that there are borders to racism and oppression, I'm sorry to, you know, to reveal that there are none. Like everywhere we go here yeah, yeah. has all the same stuff. It's just packaged differently. Mm-hmm. That's all. Um, so anyway, back to me being in the South, I, I do feel like anything is possible. Um, and I just feel really happy to be, to be a black woman. First of all, I thank the Lord every day. That, that's what I was born as. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a, a celebration to be a black person and a black woman specifically. Um, but yeah, I just feel, feel surrounded by my culture and my history and, those are things that make me feel alive and, you know, give me the energy to do things. And um, I don't know, I just feel really happy being a black woman in the South and I don't want to leave here if I don't have to. Mm. Well, that is so comforting to hear because we don't hear that kind of thing often. Um, and like you kind of talked about, mentioned it, there are a lot of things in the South and Alabama that would make one want to leave, want to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, but to find the glory, ugh, as my my queen Janelle Monet says, um, <laughs> to be victorious, you have to find glory in the little things. And mm-hmm. so, it sounds like you're being victorious in Alabama because you're finding the glory in that state. And then, and, and I admit it's not too hard to do because there are some incredible things going on in Alabama. Um, but I think it's also we would be silly to not acknowledge the fact that you know, black folks, women, black women. Mm-hmm. are dealing with a, a certain, uh, a different level of, of barriers and, 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 mm. and challenges. And so I'm happy to hear that you are flourishing in spite of that and, and <laughs> in the South. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard. Let me not act like it's easy. It's definitely hard. Um, I definitely feel what Zora Neale Hurston um, called Black women's place as the mule of the world. Sure. I feel that every day. Like I really do feel it at every turn. Um, not people like saying it to me directly per se, but just messaging of many kinds, feeling like I'm not enough, you know, um, sure. in many ways. But I do find strength in thinking about these Southern people like my grandmother, you know, um, who did not have a husband, but raised a whole bunch of kids anyway. Yeah. Some that she birthed, well, one that she birthed and others that she didn't, including my mom. And just was a beacon of hope and light in a time that really could have killed her. You know, she was a yeah. sharecropper. She was um, not, you know, 
college educated or even, I don't think she even finished elementary school actually. Hmm. Um, but when I think about her, I'm like, okay, yeah, like I can do anything. You know, she did what she had to do. She was a Southern woman. Um, she survived and thrived in Alabama. So who am I to say, well, I just can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds a lot like, like my, um, my grandmother as well, who had a very similar story. Um, not a whole lot of education, but raised a host of kids and, mm-hmm. and they all turned out they're still here, you know, and they, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know yeah. they didn't, they, none of them really got into any trouble or anything. So I think I, mm-hmm. you know, job well done to, to her. So, uh, we this really can turn to a revamp of Women's History Month if we wanted to, <laughs> but again, <laughs> um, it is it is good to hear that's how you feel um, about mm-hmm. being in the South. So, uh, kind of going on on continuing in on that, what about Alabama inspires your writing? I mean, it's already kind of obvious. You know, we talked about mm-hmm. in Greensboro, Alabama, in the last poem, and a lot of your poem poetry is reflective of the state. So, but like, how do you? It doesn't seem like it's very difficult for you to get there. So how do you rally up for that? Well, I just look and smell and taste, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, there's really nothing like Alabama, but the South, I guess, as a whole, the way that we talk, um, the way that we eat, mm-hmm. the way that it looks here. Like people who come here for the first time are struck by how beautiful it is mm-hmm. in Alabama and in the South as a whole. Um and I mean, that's poetic in itself, you know, just driving, you know, to work. And sometimes I'm like, wow, that's, that's a nice tree or that's a nice, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or the sky is like, there's no sky like the Southern sky. I don't care where you go. Cool. Like, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing the sky from many other parts of the world once, you know, we're free to travel uh, safely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, everywhere I've gone in the U.S., there is just no sky like the sky here. I, get that. I don't care where you are. Like, even if I'm in the middle of the plain states where like you can see this guy still, it's just not the same. Yeah. It doesn't have the same sweetness to it. It doesn't mm-hmm. have the sparkle. Like I can't see like here, I can look up in the clouds and be like, Oh, there's God right there. Just <laughs> immediately. <laughs> yeah, know? no, really. And that's uh, as, 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 as a testament of that. Okay. So I lived in, I grew up in the Gulf coast, felt the same way about, um, about, sunsets and that kind of thing there went to school at auburn and experienced some of the most incredible sunsets and sunrises there as well i was like okay well auburn's got it you know down whatever blah 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 and it's easy to say that about the gulf coast because I mean, you have the water element there too but then mm-hmm. moving to birmingham and experiencing sunsets there in birmingham i'll never forget like it was my first week of the job there and we were um at ramsey high school which is kind of up you know go rams <laughs> yeah my brother went there so i can claim them a little bit <laughs> absolutely yeah and we came out of a program there and the sun was just on fire over the city mm-hmm. and it was incredible and i was like oh, okay well this must be you know alabama special because i mean so definitely ditto to that um the the beauty of the state the, the, again i love telling people there's one of the most biodiverse states in the, the country probably the yeah. most biodiverse states um in the the, the region so yeah I guess it's very easy as a poet. You just have to, you just have to pay attention, it sounds like. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then you have plenty of inspiration. Um, so, I mean, the, the the final question that I always wrap up with the, the, this um, episodes with is, uh, what is your hope for Alabama? And I, I think it's mm-hmm. kind of, we've kind of touched on this already, I imagine. But 
more I'm asking you directly. We've talked yeah. about these things. You reflect on these, these things often as you write. What is your hope for the state moving forward? I really hope that we are better able to grapple with our history and understand that history is not linear, that we can't act like, oh, well, we did have the civil rights movement and now it's over. So it's all good. Like we can't do that. And we also um, can't keep feeling this, you know, self-hatred toward where we're from the Mm. way that we have, like that's hurting everybody. It's hurting the kids coming up, you know, seeing their parents or their peers badmouth the South. It's hurting people who could come back here and make things better Mm -hmm. because they're like, I'm not wasting my time on that, you know. Um, So my hope is that Alabama would love itself more. Mm. And that goes into all arenas. You know, maybe we could elect some people who actually cared about people (laughs) instead of whatever it is they care about. Okay, (laughs) That would be great. you know, if we had, you know, a governor or other people who really were about the people of mm-hmm. our state, if we could return to some of our, um, you know, activist roots, and I don't just mean that as in protesting, because we do plenty of that, but like actually being active in the community in a way, in the way like the, you know, the Black Panthers or what did they call themselves in Lowndes County? Lowndes County Wars. Freedom Organization. Y'all can Google it. Um, I'm going to empower you to Google it. Going with uh, why it matters. But yeah, the Lowndes County Freedom Organization, I'm pretty sure. Well, what I mean, I guess, is that I I want us to, um, you know, just have that sort of mentality and actually care about one another and care about, you know, like I said, people instead of like issues. I think we're so caught up sometimes in these um, lines of conservative, liberal, blue, red, whatever. But if if we were all just like, okay, this person is a person and that person needs help, then we'd be all good. You know, we don't have mm-hmm. to um, be so tied to, oh, well, I'm a Christian, so I can't support, you know, the trans movement. Like, why can't you? <laughs> right. I don't understand. Like, where does it say in the Bible, you can't help anybody? Yeah. Hmm. I'm pretty sure that's not in there. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm no scholar now, but I'm fairly certain we're supposed to help each other. Um you know, to survive and to live well. Um, so I just wish we could get to that part instead of, you know, just this very divided, um, you know, way that we're we're living in all areas, in the arts and in politics and everywhere. Yeah, it's very exhausting, really, to see because my my phrase for this year is "Don't play in my face," and I feel mm. like <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are playing in my face, really, just with the way that things are being done in our communities and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. And we're wasting a lot of time, and people are, are are suffering because of it. So I hear your hope for Alabama. I hope other people mm-hmm. have heard it too, especially the people who need to hear it the most. Um, and uh, which is literally everyone. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope everyone ta- uh, taps into this because I mean, it's a common thread. Literally everyone that I've interviewed so far, on the show so far, has said something very similar. And maybe people are probably thinking it's planned. That's not the case. I'm just, I'm generally curious to see what people are interested in and what they are hoping for the state. And um, mm-hmm. it, it's just no coincidence that it's the same thing seems to be a recurring theme. So, um, 
Ashley, uh, I guess the last thing is, that was not the last thing. The last thing, though, is um, how can people keep up with you and maintain, um, stay up to date with everything that's going on with you? Yeah, um, definitely don't follow me on Twitter because I rarely tweet. Um, (laughs) That is not the place, really. Um, But you can visit my website, which is www. Uh, dot Ashley M. Jones Um and that usually has the things or you can um, follow my author page on Facebook or you can even try to friend me on Facebook I'm not saying I always accept the friend request but hey maybe I will you know you never know yeah. Um, but yeah that's pretty much where I am um, where I'm findable for things that are going on yeah, yeah. And so uh, in addition to that, please, please uh, follow Magic City Poetry Festival mm-hmm. um, and everything they got, got going on this this month of National Poetry Month. Um, everything is free, like you said. So yep. don't want to miss out on opportunities for enrichment in that way. Also, again, um, Ashley's upcoming collection of poetry, Reparations Now, will be released on September 7th of this year, and it's available for pre-order. Actually, I think I'm slipping because I don't think I've ordered pre-ordered my copy. So as soon as we get done, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get that, make that happen. Um, but so there's that. But also recall, Ashley has two other collections of poetry, Magic City Gospel, which is her first from 2017, and Dark Thing, which is um, from 2019. In hindsight... So now that I'm thinking about this, Ashley, I think maybe my story opening up might have not been the case of the first time I came across met you. We'll have to check the timeline, but I think you read from Dark Thing for the um, podcast um, Code Switch podcast whenever it came to Birmingham. I read from Magic City Gospel. Oh, Magic City Gospel. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you I'm, were there. I was there with uh, yeah with. With Laura Anderson, she invited me because I had no idea what Coach Switch was, and so she invited me. And maybe mm-hmm. that was the first time I saw Ashley. But see, I guess this is just a testament. Ashley be out here, <laughs> she's out here, booked and busy doing. Oh her gosh, so, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for joining me and having this amazing conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me uh, blabber on for these many minutes. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been it's been wisdom. I appreciate it. <laughs> And that's a wrap on my conversation with Birmingham-based poet and educator Ashley M. Jones. The theme music for this episode was produced by Jasmine Garfield of Art Intel Media, also in Birmingham. The song played behind Ashley's reading of Eating Red Dirt in Greensboro, Alabama, is called Sun Out by the Dutch musician Mintz. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in later this month for a conversation with our second poet in our National Poetry Month series, I think you're going to like that one, too. Until then, peace.